0: Welcome back to our High Five, where we're going to highlight five awesome things that are happening in the life of our church. So let's jump into it. Up at number five, last Friday, our Manchester Outpost was filled with friendship, fun, and even ice cream Sundays for the annual Open Roof talent show. Open Roof is our dedicated small group for families of individuals with disabilities. Every month. Open Roof provides a meeting place for parents and caregivers to fellowship and for their loved ones to enjoy singing, games, crafts, a special Bible message, and a million smiles. High five, Open Roof, to more times like this. Up at number four, Easter is quickly approaching and we're so excited to celebrate with you and all of our ones. You can join us online or join us in person at one of our outposts. All of our service times are on our website, so head to church.one/slash-easter to learn more about Easter weekend at One Church. This high five goes out to you. Let's keep praying for One and discovering ways to share His love this Easter. Here at number three, if you haven't already heard, Rooted Groups have begun learning and growing in what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Way to go, you guys. This high five goes out to you. Here's to strong roots in God's love. In at number two, One Church Students kicked off 603 Night this past Wednesday where middle and high schoolers came together for all-you-can-eat tacos, Nerf gun wars, new friendships, and life change. And there's many more to look forward to. Check out our student page at church.one students and high five to more times like these. And finally, up at number one, we're celebrating the many baptisms our Bedford Outpost has experienced recently. High five to Casey, Mason, Greg, and Melissa. Today, this kingdom-sized high five goes out to each of you. We're so excited for how God will continue to move in your lives. Thanks for joining us for our high five, and I can't wait to celebrate with you in the next one.
1: That's awesome to see people who make the decision to give their life to Jesus. Jesus is, Jesus is one who can change anything. And so no matter where you are, no matter who you are, what you've done, what's been done to you, there's this invitation to come and know him and to, to walk with him. And the truth is, sometimes we get caught up. Sometimes we get caught up in the ways of the world. Sometimes we don't even know it. And usually it's like a fish in water. doesn't know if it's wet. I don't know. Me and my kids had this argument about it. Have you had that wonderful argument, that brilliant argument? Anyways, and we get stuck, we get stuck in the middle of that we don't even realize it. And I think that happens sometimes in our world. I think when you go to work, when you go to school, like sometimes there's things that, that you like adopt and you don't even realize that you get caught up in it. We get, we get, we get thrown by it sometimes. You kind of get sucked in. And maybe, maybe even as I say that, you're like, yeah, there's, there's an area that, that I realize, man, I'm starting to become like everybody else around me, which, I mean, we're called to be different and not some weird way, which, or maybe, I don't know, but we're called to, we're called to look different and, and, and to, to live a life that follows Jesus because I think the, it, the beauty is in the contrast. The, what, what draws us is in the, the, the ability to say, hey, no, there's, there's, a, there's a God who loves me and has, has given his life for me, but sometimes we get, we get pulled in. And I think some of the ways we get pulled in is, is consumerism. Because that's the nature, sometimes, of the world in which you grew up. And like you got to get after it. And you gotta, you got to get all that you can. And so, you know, sometimes we're not aware, like when we're getting pulled in. I remember when eBay was first starting, and that ages me a little bit. But that, anybody do eBay? Any eBayers? Anybody ever get locked, like, got stuck into the bidding? Like, it was my very first time I was buying a Palm Pilot. That'll tell you something about my age. Anybody remember? Raise your hands if you remember Palm Pilots. Remember Palm Pilots? For those of you younger in the room, that we didn't used to have smartphones. You, you had this, but this was high technology, where you, you, you bought this thing like a smartphone, only you couldn't make calls, and you would, like, try to keep all your dates and stuff in there. Never worked for me anyways, by the way. But I found myself one day going on this, this website called eBay, this online auction, and I'm like, there's a, there's a, there's a Palm Pilot. I think I kind of want it. I made a bid. I don't know if you ever got caught up in this. If you ever got caught up in the bidding where at some point it became less about the palm pilot and more about the winning. And, and you, anybody have that happen to you? You've been to an auction? You're like, oh man, I'm getting pulled into this thing. I won. I, I actually won, paid way more than I ever should have. Didn't even want the, the thing. And, and, and I realized, oh man, it happened. It happened. I got, I got pulled in. I got, I got sucked into something that I didn't even know, and sometimes our minds, they just get caught up. Our memory verse as we're going through this series is called Turntables. It's these moments when Jesus will sit down or be around a table or he'll be talking about a table, and all of a sudden, he'll change their minds. He'll pull their minds out of the world and show them who he is and give them a better perspective on life. And so our memory verse comes from Luke chapter 24, verse 45. Um, it's going to be up here on the screen in one second, and we're going to say it all together because sometimes we need the scriptures to open up our minds. Sometimes we need scripture to say, "Okay, okay, I get caught up in high school, or I get caught up in my job, or I get caught up in the world around me, and I don't even know, like, that I'm a, I am do not even know what's happening." And then all of a sudden, God in His grace. God, through his scriptures, can open up our minds and say, okay, this is, where you, this is where you went off course a little bit. This is where you strayed a little bit. And this is where I'll bring you back to myself. And so will you read this with me? Luke chapter 24, verse 45, it says this. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And so as we go through this series called Turntables, we're looking at a, a wrong concept, a wrong idea, and then correct it with a right idea. And then look at how Jesus turned the tables. And so here's one of the wrong beliefs that I think we often live under. We often live under this wrong belief, and, and sometimes it's, it's built into us. We, we, not built into us, it's built into us maybe by the culture around us. And the first wrong belief is, i got to get all that I can. i got to get all that I can. I have to get all that I can in terms of material possessions, I have to get all that I can in terms of, of popularity at school, I got to get all that I can in terms of work, I got to get all that I can in terms of, of the house or the car, and I don't know if I'm the only weird one in the room, but there's been moments where I find myself sucked into doing what everybody else in culture is doing, and, and we talk about it in terms of the American dream, but I don't know about you, it's like sometimes the American dream turns into the credit card nightmare, like, you're like you want it, you thought you had it, you, you thought you needed to have it, you couldn't live without it, and, and we live Sometimes in this thing is, i got to get all that I can. And so we start chasing things. I shared a while back. Mine is watches. I'm like, I, I just need one more watch. And one more watch is going to solve all my life problems. Guess what? It has not yet. But we keep chasing after them. And we all have our things. And maybe there's something you're chasing after right now. And I, I'm speaking in, in particular material terms. My brother, whenever he goes to a different city, he's got to go into like, the airport or into the Starbucks to see if he can find the City Cup. You know, anybody, anybody keep the City Cup? Anybody even aware of this, that you can go to different cities and, and Starbucks will have this particular cup? Or, or he also loves Disney World, so he likes to collect all these pins that you've got to catch them all. Oh, that reminds me of something, Pokemon. Any Pokemon players? The you got to catch them all. You go, You see people going around town with their phones. It was a couple years ago. And it's like, you got to catch them all. You got to gather it all. We we have this idea: is I got to get all that I can. I have to run after all that I can. And and in some ways it might be material possessions, but in other ways it can be a lot of different things. I got to get all the power I can. I got to get all the control I can. I got to get all the possessions I can. I got to get all. I, I got to get all the accolades and all the applause that I can. I got to go after it all. And Jesus. Jesus will. Um, He'll be uh, teaching. And all of a sudden, the guy in the crowd interrupts him, which is interesting. I I love that the scripture is like real life. Jesus is talking, all of a sudden, some knucklehead is like, Jesus, I need you to do something for me. And so we're going to read it, and you're going to start to see where we're going here. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied to him, Man, I don't know how Jesus said man, but I know how I might have said man. Can't you, can't you hear it? Like, man, man, who, who made me an arbiter? Who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, he said to them, and I think he's saying this to us too. Can, I, can you hear me? I think he's saying this to us too. Watch out. Keep on watching out. Be on guard. And I, I, I do think that those are words for you and me this morning. Like, watch out. Be on your guard. Be on your guard uh, against all kinds of greed. Why? Because your life, your life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And. If you're like me, there are, are moments where there is this chasing of things. If, if you are, there's, this, there's these moments of, I, I, I gotta get what's next. There's these moments where there's this little, the synapse in your brain gets a little bit of, of, of pleasure. I don't know how it all works. I just know that this part of it is, I, if I get this, oh man, all of a sudden my life is gonna be figured out. And he told them this parable the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said to them, this is what I'll do. I'm going to tear down my barns, and I'm going to build bigger barns so I can hold more of my stuff. And there I will store my surplus in grain. And I'll say to myself, self, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat and drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life... Your life. We chase possessions. We chase all of these other things. But he says, this night, your life. Remember that a man's life does not consist of an abundance of, of, of your possessions. He says, for this very night, your life. You, like, you, you think about, even in your mind right now, think of all the things that you might be chasing at school. Think about the things you might be chasing at work. Think about all of the peripheral things of your life that you run after that actually isn't going to satisfy you. And Jesus is saying, your life today is going to be taken from you. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. Jesus is talking about wealth, but he's talking about a different type of wealth than, than we normally chase. We might chase the, the, the wealth of other people's perceptions or opinions, we might chase the wealth of, of power or control, we might chase the wealth of possessions. What are you chasing? Look, I, I, I think it's a, probably a healthy question for us to ask. Like, what are you chasing? Like, can you peg it? Can you, can, you, can you pin it down? God, show us. God, show us. What, what, what is it in our lives that we're chasing? And so Jesus, I think it's, I don't know if I'm supposed to say, it's, it, I think it's hilarious that he's interrupted because you get to see, okay, how Jesus is going to react with this. And I'm thinking about the guy. Jesus, tell my brother to divide my inheritance with me. Now, hold on a second. Like, if you're reading Colossians, if you're reading Ephesians, a particular Colossians is like he is is the maker of all things. <laughs> he is the one who, through him, all things were created. Things in heaven, things on earth. Jesus. Jesus, the Maker of all things. Now, imagine for a moment. You ever people have these moments? Like if I if, if I die, I'm going to have some questions before God. Any of you going to have some questions before God? Like if I die, I'm going to figure out. And, and I realize probably somewhere along the line, there are probably really stupid questions that we have. But, but like if I die, I'm going to ask God these questions. Now, here is this guy where God is standing in front of him. And the man's question is, or, or his man's demand is, teacher, tell my brother to divide my inheritance with me. Now, that might not be the question. That might not be the very best question. And then I think about my prayer life. I think about the times in my prayer life where things aren't working out and we aren't figuring things out or finances are down or vehicles are broken and, and you and I, we get to come into the presence of God. Now, I, I, I got to be careful in this because I do think God wants to bring all of our things before Him. But have you ever found yourself in your prayer life, He's like, God, I really need you to do this for me. God, I really need you to do this. Master, Master, I know you're right there, but I really need you to fix this problem right now. And Jesus is like, I, I want you to be careful. Those things might be important, but your life is not about the abundance of your possessions. And, and I thought about how our, our, our misguided desires can mess up our focus with God, the horizontal relationships. And our misguided desires can mess up our relationships with each other. God is standing in front of him, and he doesn't even know how to ask the right questions and the relationship with his brother. Man, there's some problems when there's dividing of, of inheritances, right? I don't know if you've had some of that joy, but there can be some struggles. And I don't—I I probably said that too lightly. I also know there can be a lot of pain in the midst of it. And Jesus is saying, I want you to watch out. I want you to be on guard. I want you to know... That your life is far more than the abundance of your possessions. And then he tells this story. And the story, is, the story is, speaks for itself. The guy's got a great harvest. There's something very neutral about that. There's nothing wrong with having a good harvest, right? Like, you might have a good harvest in your life. But the, guy, the guy's like, what am I going to do with my harvest? That's where the question starts to become an important question. And what you notice, and I, I wrote these down. It's not going to be on the slides or anywhere. You can just you can just go back and, and, and read it and underline. Watch how many times this guy uses the his his own personal pronoun. It, it, I'm just going to read it, and then I think you'll understand what I'm what I'm trying to get at. He thought to himself. What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns. There I, you see what I'm trying to do here? Um, I will store down my, my surplus in grain. I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, be merry. How many times do I get stuck up in I? How many times do I get stuck up in me? Is the problem an abundance? I don't think so. The problem is this, i got to get all that I can, store all that I can. And I wonder about the people around him. I wonder if God might have had a plan of what God wanted to do with his resources. And he's like, I'm going to build bigger barns, that's what I'm going to do. Bigger barns is the answer. And she's like, well, bigger barns are great, but you're dead tonight. I don't mean to be blunt, but... but and it made me think about stuff that I might hold on to now. Stuff that I might be chasing now. And how much death tomorrow might impact that. And so what's wrong? the wrong idea is I've got to get all that I can. What's right? Jesus is going to give me all that I need. What's right is that Jesus will give me all that I need. And can I tell you, the young people, the sooner, and the older people... The the, the sooner, I didn't mean to look at two sides of the room, but there's a little, um, the sooner we can understand that Jesus is all that we need, that Jesus himself is sufficient, there you will find freedom. That if my identity is who Jesus says I am, there I will find freedom. That That if Jesus is my wealth and my riches, there is where I will find freedom. Now I can spend a life chasing I can spend a life running after a lot of things, and what will happen is I will be slave to the things that I'm running after. But if I can understand that, that, that Jesus is life, that Jesus is wealth, that Jesus is what is, is richness, man, you can stop a whole lot of heartache as fast as you can come to that understanding of it. Um, and so this is what Jesus says, um, in what I might consider one of the most beautiful passages in Scripture. Then Jesus said to his disciples... Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Do not worry about what you'll eat. Do not worry about your body, what you will wear. For your life is more than food, and the body is more than clothes. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to consider the ravens. I want you ...to see that they don't sow and they don't reap and they have no big barns. No storeroom or barn, yet God, he feeds them. And I want you to think about this. In the midst of all the things that you're worried about and running after... ...in the midst of all the things that will will be the solution to your problems... ...I want you to understand how much more valuable you are than birds... Now, i got a question for you, Jesus will ask them. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? If that were the case, I'd be living for a very long time, let me just say. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Look outside. I want you to look at the wildflowers as they grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his wealth and splendor, not even he was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow was thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink, and do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after such things. And you, your father, he knows that you need them, but here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. You're like, why am I here this morning? Like, what, is, what, is, what am I supposed to do in my life? Uh, if I'm not supposed to chase all of these other things that all my classmates are chasing and all my coworkers are chasing and all the world is chasing, what am I supposed to do? He says, but seek first his kingdom and these things will be given to you. Do not be afraid, little flock. For your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. therefore, this is what you can do. You can sell all your possessions. You can give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief can ever come in and steal, or moth destroy, or someone on technologically come and steal all that you got. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We play board games sometimes at our house. And I've noticed a lot of board games are about your own little kingdom building. Monopoly, right? You're building your monopoly. You've got to get all that you can. There's another one that we play where you need, maybe you've played it where you're building your own little town or city, and you need the, you need the straw, and you need the brick, and you need the, what else do you need? You need the, you need the wood. What is it? Sheep, you need sheep. Yes, you need sheep, settlers of Catan. And and you're, you're kind of, you're trying to gather all of these resources that you can build your little town. And what happens is that everybody else becomes like. In some sense, the enemy, or you do some bartering and you do some trading, and, and, and all of it is to build your own little, build your own little empire that you got to get it all. And, and if there's anything that you're supposed to care about, this, these are what, this is why I think Jesus is brilliant, which is an understatement, but this is why I think Jesus is brilliant. What are the things we're told that we're supposed to care about if we have food and clothing and shelter? Food, clothing, shelter, those are the things we're provided for. Well, what does Jesus tell us not to worry about? What is He doing to us? He says, I don't want you to worry about your food, and I don't want you to worry about your clothes. I don't want you to worry where you're going to sleep. I want you to trust your Father. He says, I want you to consider a couple things. Consider the birds. I don't know if you've ever been in a moment of struggle. I do know that, but I don't know if you've ever been in a moment of struggle and you saw a bird. May I set this in your mind. The next time you're struggling and you see a little bird, remember this passage. He says, I want you to look at the birds. And God is saying to you, if I, if I can take care of the birds, I can take care of whatever situation you're facing. He says, consider the flowers. He says, though they don't they don't labor or spin, and yet God has clothed them. He says, I want you to I want you to consider yourself. How many of you, by worry, can add a single minute to your life? There's something dumb about worry, right? It doesn't, doesn't really get you much. He says, I want you to consider the world. Everybody else is chasing after these things. But you don't have to. Not about you, but you've probably been in situations where you felt that pressure. And you ask God, what do you mean, God? I'm not supposed to worry about these things. He says, I want you to seek first. I want you to seek first me. I want you to seek first not your kingdom building, not your sheep and wood and brick and straw and wheat or whatever you might call it, but I want you to seek first my kingdom and I want you to trust that all of these things will be added to you. Jesus will give you all that you need. And sometimes we, always, we have to make the disclaimer, it doesn't mean you're, it's always what you want. Because sometimes I don't even want what I want. Sometimes getting what I want is going to make a wreck of me. But Jesus will always give us what we need. And so what's the turntable part? Well... When I'm able to let go of my getting after all that I can get, and I'm able to say that Jesus will give me all that I need, then all of a sudden my life can become about other people. We play this game, Bananagrams. I don't mean to be stuck in game world, but we've been playing them a lot lately. And it's hard playing Bananagrams with kids. I don't know if you've felt this sometimes if you've ever played with kids, because you can't work on your own, you're always doing theirs. And I get a little grumpy. I get a little caught up because my kids are like, Dad, is this a word? And and, and, then, and they start crying. And I'm like, stop crying. I'm, I'm trying to work over here. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not like that, totally. Um, <laughs> but when I'm not playing, but I'm playing for them and helping them, it's a whole different game. And so what's the turntable? The turntable is True power is found in serving, not in being served. True power is found in serving. And not being served. And so I can worry. Or I can worship. And there's things I can choose to worry about, or there's things I can choose to worship. And so here's the first question. Will I worry about clothes... Or will I worship the God who gave me my body? Will I worry about food? Or I worship the God who provides me daily bread? Will I worry about time? Or worship the God who is eternal? What if God's plan, particularly in what he did through Jesus, first he says that he will be our provision of our physical needs. But at the same time, through Jesus, he's the provision for our spiritual needs. So not only has he set me free from all the things that I might want to chase physically in this world, but he has set me free from, from sin and death itself so that if anyone is in Christ, they are, free. they are free. Jesus, if I came to set you free, you are free indeed. Maybe I don't actually understand my freedom. And maybe in the plan of God... It's to set his people free so that they can serve other people. Like, what if God wants to set you free from all your worries so that you can be free to serve someone else? What if God wants to set you free from your identity issues, from your your struggles, and say, no, you are my son or daughter so that you can serve someone else? I want to set you free from all of the physical stuff that you worry about so that you can be free. And and again, that freedom, it might look like poverty by, by, by our economic estimations. But in Jesus, it's absolute wealth because what is more valuable than total freedom? And so Jesus ends with this. He says, be dressed and ready for service and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It's kind of a weird transition that Jesus makes right there. He says, I want to set you free. I don't want you to worry. I actually want to set you free so that you can serve others, so that you can love others, so that you can care for others. And then he says, like, get after it. And maybe there's someone in your life where God is saying, okay, lots of distractions, but now here is clarity. Now get after it. Love people, serve people, care for people. And then he says it will be good for those servants whose masters find them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself. Now this gets very interesting. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve. And he will have them reclined at the table and he will come and wait on them. See, the nature of our God is that He is a servant. And it sounds weird to say that. And here's what I mean that the God of all creation would serve us, that the God of all creation would understand that all material possessions are His, anyways. Understand that he is the loved son of the creator. He is the creator of the universe and that he is loved by his father. So that he can wash people's feet. So that he ultimately can die on a cross for them. Master, I got an issue with you. I need to get what's mine. Maybe maybe there's somewhere today that you're like, Master, I got an issue with you. I need to get what's mine. You need to step in. And Jesus is like, I'll step in. But I want to step in to set you free. I want to step in to give you wholeness and peace in your life. And I want you to serve others so that they can see me echoed through your life. When I think about service, I think about that moment when Jesus is at the table with his disciples and we celebrate it every Sunday in communion. And you're like, well, just how much am I supposed to serve others? And I would say, well, just about as much as Jesus. Jesus. You're like, what does that look like, serving my husband, serving my wife? What does that look like, serving my kids? What does that look like, serving my classmates? What does that look like, serving my community? What does that look like? Well, it looks like going all out. It looks like laying it all down. It looks like, Jesus, you've set, us, set me free so that I can now freely, freely give. And so we do this as this, I don't know, as this calling in our own lives. Of now, Jesus, thank you for doing this for me, and now I get to do this and serve others for your glory. And so we take to our king. Jesus took the juice. He says, this is my blood poured out for you. Whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. We take to the king. Would you all stand with me? Maybe you're here this morning and, like probably a lot of people in the room, like, You've gotten off track. You've started chasing other things, and there's maybe some very real problems in front of you because, I, again, I don't want to be little problems. And, and again, God says, bring them to me. And so maybe you need prayer for those things, but maybe you need prayer for letting those things go and seeking first his kingdom. Dan will be down front. I'll be down here. If there's any way we can be praying with you about that, we would love to. The ladies will be praying in the back as well if you'd like to connect with uh, some ladies as well. Or maybe today's the day you're like, man, I, I want to seek first his kingdom. I've tried my kingdom and I don't make a very good king. And I want him to be the center of my life. Today's a great day to say, God, I, I, I want you in my life. Today's a wonderful day to say, God, I want to be baptized into you and to join you in your kingdom. And if that's the way in which God is stirring you, we have water and you get to participate in this wonderful, beautiful, beautiful thing of baptism. And so I'll pray. Lord, I thank you that you're a God who always goes first. That you call us to lay everything down and then you lay everything down. That you call us to, to serve and then you wash our feet that you call us to love, but you pour your love out on us. Father, I pray that you create for yourself this morning a, a community of servants. Lord, I pray that all the things that we chase and hold on to might fizzle to the ground and that, that you might become the center. what I can only dream And we can pray about what it looks like when a group of people set you at center, run after you with their whole hearts, trusting you for everything. And we ask that it be done. It's your name we pray. Amen.
2: Christ is my firm foundation. I love you, family.